Okay, there are two sheets. I don't know if we're going to get to both, but we'll, uh, we'll hand out two sheets anyway. And uh, please uh, give me a signal, maybe somebody sitting in front of me, uh, that I'd like to ask the Shiva of Arya Cook to give five minutes of Divriya service at the end for all the people who know Lashon HaKadosh, which is all of you to various degrees. So uh, we will try to, um, you can explain it to them otherwise. Uh, <laughs> So we will, uh, I just said, so at 9.24, please uh, give me a signal. Uh, we will continue now with our Hagdama, which will take us another few weeks. And the issue I want to get back to now is really what is underlying the issue of the conscious omission of a request for a king, which we mentioned at the beginning, which the Dasefer mentioned, it's a pellet because Shaftim is called Shaftim because it's all about Shaftim as opposed to Malachim. Uh, we just finished Malachim. We know what the upside of kings are and we know what the downside of kings are. And one of the main Teutzim that we're going to rediscuss, we discussed one of them during Malachim, is that there is a mitzvah to appoint a Melech, it's Machlekes Tanaim, in Sanhedrin. Raman Paskins, it's a mitzvah. The question is when, where, and how. And you would think that we're going to have a very clear answer, but clear is an overstatement. There are different theories, and when you take the theories and try to put it into the Lashon the Rambam, which is the second sheet we're going to discuss, it's a little bit hard to fit into the Lashon, because if the Rambam is going to tell us, and we're not going to, I'm not going to see the Rambam this week, is that there's a mitzvah that raised to appoint a king, and it's one of the three mitzvahs you have when you get into Eretz Yisrael. Well, getting into Eretz Yisrael is relative. You could say the first day, the first week, the first month. 350 years, the period of the Shaftim, they didn't ask for a king. That has to be addressed, because it's a pella. It's a mitzvah daraisa. There's reason like demon mitzvahs, like Yashkema from Babaker. There's lack of reason. And then there's 350 years. There's, uh, that's not lack of reasons. There, there's a, a reason, a decision was made not to, and the reason why we have to discuss it, besides the fact that it's a theme throughout Shaftim and it's a problem throughout Shaftim, because the few disasters will be because the Pusik mentions the Melech Yisrael, it just begs the question more, well, if they saw it was a problem, so appoint one. And if you don't have somebody ready from the right Shevet Yehud, does appoint somebody from Benyamin. It's been done before. His name was Shoal. That still only happens after 350 years. So it has to be addressed up here, Allah, and part of the Allah is understanding the Ashkafa behind it. So we're going to start off with a fascinating Nitziv. The Nitziv on Chumash is uh, written up from his short Seder after Shacharis and Parsha that he gave to Talmidim and Volozhin. So you can imagine what was packed into this. So there's, each shot is a few lines, but it speaks volumes. And it was a big Baal Mechadish. It's almost surprising, the Rashiva of Elijah, which was not only a standard, it was the standard. Elijah was the uh, Emi Yeshivas. And he says things which um, not only light up the sugya, but give you an interesting angle. And this particular one was almost ahead of its time. And unfortunately, unfortunately, very contemporary in terms of design of government. So take a look at the Pasuk in Yedal. The Pasuk in Shaftim. 
So here we are, we're coming into Yisrael, we finished Yoshua, which we never learned yet, and we're still trying to conquer Yisrael. You conquer it, finish conquering it, that's Sefer Shavtim, V'yashavta Bob. Which I penned in to say paper. And already it's a Pela Gabe Pela because we don't have any other mitzvah that the Rambam Paskins is a Chiv And the Pasuk introduces if you ask, then the next Pasuk goes on to say if you ask, it's Santa Simalach Amalach, and these are the rules and regulations, and all the other rules and regulations. We don't have a pasuk that says, "If you ask, let us eat matzah, santa simalach matzah, and uh, get the matzah, buy the matzah, and eat it." There is no such. It's not mitzvah deres. It's zechiv zechiv. We have a concept of a mitzvah kiyumis, which is rare. Rather, the mitzvah yishevet tisrov. Well, Meisha holds the mitzvah kiyumis, and others argue. Uh, what? If you have a title to add basar, and it's not. You know what's interesting? Shechita is taka mitzvah kiyumis. You can go your whole life. And never do it. I'm not saying you should be a vegetarian. We've had many shirim on that. Uh, that's going to give you problems. Shabbos, bigger problems, yantif. And if you get out of those, and there are angles, possibly lahakol, carbon pesach, and that you can't get out of. So that's just a quick sound bite. But the, there's a mitzvah of shechita because it's a what? Yeah, right, right. That's what I'm saying. But, but the shechita, that's what I'm saying. You can get away with it all year round and go your whole life. And not to shechita, you can go your whole life. for shechita kasheh bazar. But you can go your whole life giving it over to a nice kayan or levy or somebody who knows what he's doing. It's not a mitzvah. We make a bracha because if you want to eat the animal and you are half the shech but nobody else wants to do it, so then it's a kim to do it this way. But that's exactly the point. This is not l'chir. It's not an option. And the Ramah Paskins is not an option. So the Mechag's Tanayim is based on this problem in the Pasuk. Amarta, Simalai Melech, if you ask, this is what you do. It sounds like if you want meat, this you should check. So one time the Taka says, it was just giving it to the world of people, it's not the best idea, but if you do it, this is how you do it. Okay, so then that's well represented, and then call that a Rishus. The Ramah will Paskin, not so. The Ramah Paskins, it's a Chiv. It's a Chiv as soon as you get into Yisrael. The two huge problems. Uh, so if we Paskin Sachiv, how do you answer up Amarta, Simalai Melech? Now, to contrast what happened on the ground, if you remember, I don't know, well, actually, you can't remember. You'll remember from the recording because it started for 10 years in Brooklyn. But if you remember from the beginning of Shmuel Aleph, if you caught up, we discussed this because when they finally asked for a king, Shmuel and Avi was angry at them for good reason. And Akash Baruch was angry at them, Lahavdul. And Hashem said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, and they're trying to move away and go down on my dragon. This is when they ask for a mitzvah d'reisa. So over there, the Mepharshim say, the Gemara says, that the Bainanim and the sub Bainanim asked for a mix of reasons. They wanted a king, and then it was a Pasuk Yechomish, but they wanted to be Kechol The pomp and the ceremony and the... And the Gemara makes it sound like that wasn't a good reason, but Lamaisa, there were people of higher Madrega, they wanted the king for the right reasons, they needed a king. Lishper Yad Rishi Yisrael... To keep law and order, push the dinim, what we call in a positive way, kviyadatit, which is said always in a negative way today. But there's a part of aspect is um, the government keeps people for Zion mitzvahs. The Mishnah Abba says if we wouldn't have a government, they would swallow each other up alive. So they're forcing people to keep Zion mitzvahs and keep a normal society. That's the good news of a king. And the 
Sabenim asked for other reasons also. Partly Shalom Shema, and that wasn't so great. That's why Shmuel was upset. Shmuel Navi, and that's why Kosh Baruch Hu said, It's nothing personal. Shmuel Navi was doing an incredible job, which is why they didn't need a kingdom. And this Pasuk seems to have the same lotions. Is the Pasuk in Avua that when the time comes, you'll have some people who aren't holding you that answer for the wrong reasons? That's a little odd. That the Pasuk should quote the people who are asking Shalom the Shema. Doesn't sound like that. It's that. When the Gemara wants to show that point of view, that Mandamar quotes the Pasuk in Shmuel, not the Pasuk in, uh, in, in Chumash. So it sounds like it's a legitimate way to bring it about. Varmarta Sima Lai. So what's the question all about? Take a look at the Nitziv. Absolutely fascinating. And I think uh, there are Mepharshim that disagree with what he's going to say and not uh, for any particular reason in terms of the possibility that it exists up here, Lach and Ashkafa. It's just the Shadows can't read into the Ramam. Take a look at the Nitziv on the flip page. On page two, Lafi Lashen Zen. He's trying to answer. Uh, matter of fact, I started the bracket a line in. Let's go back to the first line because he says in print what we just mentioned. So he already compares it to your question and says, if you want meat, it doesn't, you don't have to spell out if you want it. If this comes up and this is the will of the people, what does that have to do with the will of, pe- will of the people? So that he explains. And he says, you're going to make the mistake to think, based on this passage, that it's not an absolute mitzvah, which is your havamina. Right. So the Nitziv says, we understand why you might make that mistake, and it's not true. We We paskin. We paskin the mitzvah limnes melech im kain l'maiksev amarta. So then, what do we do with this pasuk? Venira dimishum tan hagas amadina mishtana im misnayg al pidas melucha al pidas am v'nivcharehem. For the political scientists here, uh, that's why this is a this, this is a real, <laughs> real stickle terry here. Uh, it's incredible. The Nitziv lived under the Tsar. He lived after the French Revolution, obviously, in the late 1800s, after the American Revolution. Any other revolutions in between? That's enough for now. What? Uh, okay. The England by that time was a parliamentary democracy? Okay. So that's you've got to get your bearings. There's a reason I'm mentioning that. This is not time for continuing credits. Uh, you have to know this because the Nitziv is talking about something that he's observing, even though he lived in the dark, dark place of the czar where all those things were a far-off dream. But the Nassim is well aware that there are two forms of government. There are kings and dictators and ruthless tyrants. The kings, by the way, don't have to be ruthless tyrants. They can be nice guys also. It just rarely happened. Um, the nicest ones weren't so nice. Um, let's put it that way. Uh, what? Ferdinand, uh, Ferdinand, King Henry VIII wasn't too nice either. Ask his wife. Uh, his wives. <laughs> they had Franz Joseph, yeah, yeah. Franz Joseph was about as nice as they get. I don't know, personally, yeah. That, that was rare. And they used to make fun of him because he was nice to the Jews. They used to call him King of Jerusalem. That wasn't complimentary. 
when his friends called him that. So that was extremely rare. So the, um, the Nitziv is laying out that there are clearly two types of governments, two ways to govern. An autocrat, a king, a dictator, call him what you want, or a democracy, ukidamehem. Now, democracy didn't really exist before the French Revolution. The Romans had the first havamin of a havamin of a havamin of having a senate. Um, ironic, we're discussing this now. Yeah, the senate can play a pretty important role in what's going on, as we shall see. But the senate in Rome wasn't, they had a day, the Kiddush was they had a day. Did the masses have a vote? Not really, but somebody had a vote somewhere, and with that, most of the Roman emperors were pretty much ruthless dictators. And when they couldn't get away with it, either they got assassinated, or they had a trumpet, once, you know, to share power. Okay, so they were different to Kufas. Most of the time, they uh, acted like dictators, but that was the start. And by the time they received, they had real countries doing pretty well under the circumstances uh, with a democracy. So Siv says, you know, there are some countries, the people really don't want the Melech. Now, what the people want, people are fickle, their voters are fickle, and everybody always wants what the other people have, and the grass is always greener. With that said, it's very understandable, and we can't fully understand why people in Russia and the Bazaar wanted a democracy. Because they were suffering. The Siv, by the way, Volozhin suffered... The Russian government spent decades trying to close them down. It was all anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, much of it riled up by the Maskilim, who got the government involved. And finally, they closed them down. And they came one day, and they locked the doors with the police, and then the sieve was broken. And they, this is what they had to put up with. And they were dealing with the, the stories they tell about Chaim and his genius would spend part of his day trying to outsmart the government and what to tell them, what not to tell them. It was a... It's a major problem for a long, long time. So he understood the excesses of uh, tyrants. And he said, there's some Medinas who really don't want to handle it. Yesh Medina, and there are other places, Shabalah Melach, Harei Kisfina Beli Kavranit. It's like a ship without a captain, which means they can't handle it. Now, we've said in this year many times, it's important to keep in mind that for Orthodox Jews in this country, democracy is a tremendous chesed to Hashem and a gift, and uh, we have been benefiting from the chesed of the Medina and the fact that even if you have an anti-Semite in the State Department, which we had for many, many years, not now, but uh, traditionally, certainly, um, most of the time, I don't have to go into detail, and then we had President Yesh Vyesh, Lamaisa, with the balance of power, that we had enough friends that Hashem sent us to keep things going, both here and in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, with that said, as a form of government to actually get things done for long-term projects, it's impossible. It's getting worse and worse because you can't really do anything because it's changed by the next president and Congress, if they're not from your party, will override it. And there are accountants out there who I feel bad for who are trying to memorize the new tax code. I told one of them recently, I think they should just save themselves some time and continue to learn because there is a chance in a year from now it's all going to change back. And it's thousands of pages <laughs> to, they just, everybody was late this year because they didn't know what the law was. So that's a little cumbersome and clumsy. We prefer that to the czar. Let me make that clear. <laughs> any day, any night. Uh, with that said, um, 
the Nitziv is alluding to the fact that not everybody can handle a democracy because sometimes there's total mayhem. We haven't, Baruch Hashem, witnessed that in our lifetime. I'm not even sure what he's referring to. Because as he's writing this, why would there be anybody, was there anybody around in his time that preferred to go back to the king? I don't know of anybody. But he's suggesting that there's yesh for yesh, and for some countries better this way, some countries better that way. I think he asked the guy in the street, and if he tasted what we know was freedom today, he would say, no, well, keep it this way with all the clumsiness and all the things that don't get done. So it's a chiddush already that the of knowing about democracies, is saying that for the goyim, there's yesh for yesh. Some people for a king, some people don't. The fact, and this has to be defended, especially as you go through Shevtim and they avoided appointing a king, if we pass in, there's a mitzvah to have a king. That means it's good for the Jews, or it can be good for the Jews, or for most of the time it should be good for the Jews, and we will have a Melech HaMashiach, not a democracy. That's absolutely clear. No matter how much we love the institution, we're going to have a Melech. But he's going to be a tzaddik and a kind Melech, and he's going to get things done. And the beauty in Klai Yisrael is there's no real Senate and Congress because they can't make up laws, because the king can't make up laws, because it's all written in Shulchan Aruch. So what's he making up already? The tax code, he can't be Marbaketz of Azov. It's a beautiful system. We have a king who's all-powerful, could break the hands of Rishayim and make sure everybody's doing the mitzvahs and raise the people up and be a good, honorable example of what godless is, and he can't make laws, change laws, or do anything. And if he does, a hedron can summons him to a committee meeting and tell him we have reason to believe we have secret witnesses that you've been marvelous of his love. I can picture the scene. <laughs> and we're going to interview all the witnesses in private, but when we get that evidence, we're going to have a full audit. And what's the din? The din is they can't impeach him, but they could give malchus for being marba kesef zav. It's a lot of derisa to find out the too many horses. So they're very, very specific dinim. And if the malach is a good king, he won't violate these dinim. And that's it. And he can't make any law. So it's relatively simple. That's why it's mitzvah to have a king. It's important for us to realize we live in democracy, so of course we love democracy, and there's good reason for gullah, so why should we want a king? The Sif saying it's two sides of the story. The answer is, if he's a... Jewish king, and he's a tzaddik, and there's a Sanhedrin, and they're halachas and chumish, then he can't really make things up as he goes, goes along. And that's, that's wonderful. He can only do good. You say, well, we spent 14, 17 years on malachim, and we had kings who didn't only do good. That's because they seized too much power, and absolute power can corrupt, and they ended up not listening to Sanhedrin. That's not the plot, and that's not the plan, and loss of love, it won't be like that. That's a very good question. Um, I don't know if this is um, good news or bad news. Well, before I get to the good news or bad news, the short answer to your question is that the Yitzhahara and the time of the Mashiach will be put down to size. We're not going to have the Yitzhahara for Avodah Well, we got rid of that a while ago anyway. And people are going to want to do the right thing, and there's going to be less schar. That's the other news. So if you want to do mitzvahs, uh, do it now with Mesiris Nefesh. You get more schar. Why are we asking for the Mashiach then? We dive in three times a day. is because some people aren't doing too well. And we need more Kedusha. Okay. But Lamaisa, once we have that system, people aren't going to go off, so to speak. Number two, I don't know how much time there is. Because if we're not Meshubit necessarily to this particular Makar, but the popular Makar is that the world's 6,000 years, there are Cholkim. I've already received complaints from people, as if I have the ability to change it. <laughs> but they say, you know, we did the calculation. Either the Mashiach comes tomorrow. We don't have a whole lot of time for the Mashiach. 
So I said, I hear the complaint, and I'm with you. We should come tomorrow and not delay anymore. Uh, we're all on the same side. A couple hundred years. And after that, we don't know. So there might not be a whole lot of time for him to make any mistakes. That's the other possibility. But you don't need that. The first shot is the Yetzirah is going to be cut down to size. So, the Nitziv continues. Again, Yesh Medina, first of the line. Yesh Medina, Shein Yechol, Lizbol, Das Malucha, Yesh Medina, Shebaloi, Melach, Harei, Hi, Kesvina, Beli, Karbanit. Davazei, Yesh, Shalasas, Apihach. This is the best line. Apihach, Rech, Mitzvah, He says, you can't mandate that. You can't mandate that? Why can't Hashem mandate that? So he says, Hashem's not going to mandate that. Hashem can do whatever he wants. Hashem's not going to mandate that. Because the people have to figure out what they're ready for. This is one... I warned you, this is one uh, incredible incentive. He's saying the reason why it put it with the proviso that yes, there's a mitzvah derisa, but only at such time that you are masking, or whatever people are masking, that you're ready for it. When you are, then ask, because if you're not ready for it, it's not going to work. The tzaddikim will keep it, but uh, it's not going to work. So the tzaddikim is saying is if they don't feel they're ready to accept the shibu, they're not going to do it. And therefore, they're going to rebel, and that's an Avera, and there's going to be a civil war, and that's an Avera, and it's going to be dangerous. So therefore, the Torah puts in that if you ask because you know it should be taught in yeshivas that there's a mitzvah to have a king, and tell people what it's all about, and then hopefully the critical mass, whenever they're ready, they should officially make the proposal, yes, you want to do the mitzvah to now. That's unlike any other mitzvah. He's, he's trying to explain the posse. The problem is the Ramam is going to say, be very rich, it's meant to do it when you get there, it's Yisrael. So you have to put the two together, and the Ramam has to admit, because the Ramam doesn't even answer this. The Ramam knows it took 250 years. So you have to say, whatever you're going to say, that yes, it's right when you get to Yisrael, if conditions are correct, and it's if it's being mechadish, the conditions are when the people are going to accept the all of the Melech. That's amazing, because we don't have any other mitzvah like that, that... We have lots of mitzvahs. Why don't we say, well, when the people are ready to learn, we should have a mitzvah Talmud Torah. And if they're not in the mood, then we don't have a mitzvah. There's no, yeah, the you have mitzvahs, there's a chiv. But he says, malchus and government people get very antsy about, and we don't want disagreement, and we don't want people rebelling, because that's worse. Yes? What about if you have a community that doesn't have a rub, and they want to get a rub, but you have, does this caveat apply there? Because if people are not going to accept the shibut of the rub, then it, it's... Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a loaded question. I suggest that you always be in a place where there is one. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, that's not healthy not to have one. But um, yes, you have this. The Nitziv's Ha'ara here is that if it's too early and it's forced, then the king is not going to be able to do his job, even though his job is to force, but that's the miyut. We hope when he's breaking the hands of the Rishonim, that's only a small percentage of the population. If it's over them, we have a problem and it's not going to work. You need, you need what is real Roiv is, you know what's good about the, our example of growing up in a democracy? It's scary, but you can have a Roiv, I'll t- pick a random number, 5347, just a random number, not that from nowhere. Uh, that can make a big difference on who's going to be king. And you can have vocal minorities from here to next year. You can't get rid of them if you don't have the votes. And we've had major leaders, and we, we're going to see how this unfolds, but if it comes down to 53-47 or 51-49, well, you need two-thirds to impeach him, but even if we're just a simple majority, we've found out in the last few years 
the second most important appointment in this country besides president is Supreme Court. People don't realize. And part of the Siat Shmaya here is whatever happens, his biggest accomplishment is that he got conservatives on the bench. And he tried to do it quietly, and the others didn't want him to do it quietly because they knew what it means because it's a long-term appointment. And you see what happened with Kavanaugh. Now, I'm not here to sing his praises, and I don't know what he did or what he didn't do, but the fight wasn't about what he did. It was about digging up enough dirt to find out that maybe he did something that we can get rid of him because he's a conservative, and everybody knows that. That's what this is all about also. And it came down to a pretty slim majority. And you're asking, well, the vote is a vocal minority. It's a very vocal. They were very vocal, and they held the country hostage for a while, but they lost. So um, I'm not saying that's always the prescription, but uh, that's a pretty, uh, pretty telling. We've seen some pretty uh, close cliffhangers, and this next one might be the same. Uh, so um, I'm not saying in a community it's better to have 80% than 51%. Don't try for 100 And uh, try to get the um, vocal minorities like the Pelliades, where we just saw. I don't know if you were here. It was a Shabbos or Sunday that you have all the meetings before the meeting. <laughs> Make sure that everybody's somewhat in line, which is what they're doing right now as we sit here, Lahavdil, in the Senate and the Congress. And anybody who thinks that's not the way it's done was born yesterday or maybe this morning. Uh, so, uh, yes? Is, is this, in a sense, the warning why things didn't work out multiple Yeah, 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 but it's not, it's sort of a warning. You can't, the, what happened when they went off, that was Yaakov wanted to know, Davon HaMalach is Davon HaMalach. You can't get better than that. Shlom HaMalach did a wonderful job despite the mistakes, but... It's not a question of who, it's a question of what the people, like, where the people were holding... To an extent. And yeah. because of that, I mean, it seems already, like, Things in, and people, there's already tremendous unrest, and there's pushback against Shlomo Melech and what Against, and, and it erupted by Rechavim. Let me just remind you, because it was 16 years ago. Uh, Rechavim lost the Maluchas. If you look in the papers, depends which papers, if you um, look in the, in the Times, in the Washington Post, you would see that he lost the Maluchas because he deserved it because he charges too much taxes and he was in have a whole bunch of Lush now. What? <laughs> so um, the Pusik says otherwise, though. Pusik says it's really irrelevant why he lost it, the trigger why he lost it. It was Me'ashem Yatzadavr, because Shlomo Melech had the Averis on his Madrega, and the Gzairim and Hashemayim was, his son was going to lose it. What triggered it? So Hashem has to put, Hashem always puts something on the ground that has to trigger Yel So it was formatted in, we want a cut in taxes, and he said, chutzpah, I'm going to raise taxes, and that didn't sit well with the people. And it was the wrong way to handle the people in that case. He really spoke to them very tough. Meshem Yatzadavah, was a good king. He wasn't Shlomo, he wasn't David. He was a good king, a sensible person. And Chazal say, well, he asked his older advisors, and the older advisors said, be kind to the people. If you're going to say no, don't make it look like you're saying no. And say, we'll talk about it, and we'll see, but be nice. And his younger advisors said, ah, chutzpah, I should give more malchus. And he made the mistake of listening to his younger advisors. Nothing as young people never listen to your younger advisors. Uh, <laughs> because they don't have too much experience. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but that was Meshem Yatzadavar. So you can't pin it only on that, but it, but it played a role. Happened, but from the fact that it happened that way, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was an unrest from, from the people pushing back against the king. What you're saying is... seems to say that Hashem is showing that this was the original issue. Well, is that l- let, me, let me frame it. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Let me just frame it. The king will perform... We know this in Meshach Beno. The king and the leader will perform in part based on the madrig of the people. 
But so you're saying the people on a higher madrega will get a better king, a better leader, and the leader will be able to function. Moshe Rabbeinu had to leave Kabbalah Sotera and go down Mar Sinai uh, because raid was Shichas Amcha, is, is you don't, you're not entitled to that same madrega if the people aren't doing the right thing. So that does play a role. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Let's continue with the Nitziv. Again, Dovrezet, this is the main line. Dovrezet, Yeshalasas, Api, Hechrech, Mitzisase. Shrebenyan, Ashailan, Hogas, Aklal, Nagea, Lissakonis, Nefashis. Nitziv, again, is writing at a time of revolutions and wars. And Baruch Hashem, even though they are warning in the Congress, you can't do this, it's going to be civil war. We hope, you know, we've got to dive in and stay safe. But Baruch Hashem, we don't know from such things. That a pretty vicious one. The worst war the country ever had to face is a civil war in this country. People don't know about it. We were talking about World War II. We have no, no clue how many people were killed in the civil war and how protracted it was and how, how bad it was. And, but the Siv lived at a time that had wars every day. And there were always rebellions. And so he says it's dangerous. If you try something that's probably not going to work, that's just going to be Sakhans Tafashish, Shadecha Mitzis Ase. So he frames this in the halachic sense. He says, so what's the excuse again not to do right away? So what's the answer? The answer is Sakhans Tafashish. That's something that's it. Now the Siv is talking as the place. He's saying, what's the mechanism? Ase Decha Interesting. Uh, we know it's not it's not the right shukhtan vodazari. You don't put yourself in sakana for mitzasase. It's a mitzasase. It's only going to work if you could do it somewhat safely. And if you have to kill the minority, not in a shul, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to get things done, then fine. But don't take on something that most of the people don't want because you're guaranteeing the sakana. Shadecha mitzasase mishem hachilash lasavas behechlet limnez melech kalzman shla Allah bahaskamas ha'am lispal al melech. The taxes, the authority, and how are they going to get used to this idea? And when are they going to want a king? So the Pusik says, they look around, and the Pusik says, no, they look around, they see the, all the other nations around them. Now this is a chiddush, a chiddush, because as I reminded you, when they asked Shmuel, and they said, we want to be like all the Goyim, so the Gemara attacks that with the heavy criticism, that's kukaseim l'seleichu, and that's not a good reason. You want to be like all the Goyim with their crazy parades and pomp and ceremony. So the Gemara doesn't have a kind view of that, but that it puts some positive spin, that there is something to that. Look at the Goyim and look at their government. If it's working and you like it and you think you can handle a king, then do it. Not for the pomp and the ceremony alone. Pomp and ceremony plays an important role because you've got to command the respect and the fear. But don't do it just for that because you like action and you, you like to write up uh, personalities and, uh, and examine it. But there is something positive. And it saves the only Achron ever so put a positive spin on that. That you look around and you see if the government works, then do it. <laughs> if you see that this type of government can work and the people can handle it. And then it's a mitzvah. The word Sanhedrin here is important when we get to the Ramam next week. If all that is true and they think the mood of the people is positive, then the Sanhedrin, who's in charge of running the country always, even with a king, to be the Chamber in charge, they have to gauge the will of the people and if it's going to work and if it's less of a Sakana or not a Sakana, then the Sanhedrin has to, in conjunction with the Navi, find out what. Hashem wants for the king, you'll say, well, if you find out what Hashem wants, then why are they voting in afterwards on Hashem's pick? That's ridiculous. The answer is no. Hashem's going to tell them this man is worthy, as Hashem did with Shol and with David. 
So he's the Bechir Hashem, the king, the Tzvei Dinim of the king. He has to be the Bechir Hashem, and he has to be the Bechir Am. And Sahedrin's in charge of bringing it up in the first place to figure out, will the people handle this, and what's the mood of the people, and will they handle it to bring it up? And then once it's picked, you would think the people should handle it, this is the Bechir Hashem. But that has to work on the ground. Sanhedrin is in charge of verifying that as the representatives of the people. So if we had a Senate, it would be the Sanhedrin, but they're Paschini based on their Das Terah and based on their understanding of what the mitzvah is and when it applies. And no better segue, I'd like to ask Arya Cook, uh, Simcha Cook's son, and um, he has been my Nefesh to come here uh, to continue the work of the yeshiva that... Uh, that uh, Simcha and all the other Rosh Hashivas are still working on. It's um, the main Makam Teirin in, in Rehovot and for most of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, the Tamidim come there and then afterwards they uh, leave to uh, Panovich and other Yeshivas. And uh, it's a schus in uh, whatever language to hear the Rosh Hashiva for a few minutes. <laughs>